I want you to go with me to John chapter 16. John 16. And we return to John 16 one more time for these remaining verses, 25 through verse 33. And for a few weeks now, we've been examining the teaching of Christ as he's speaking to the disciples and teaching them and encouraging them. And we've noted often the disciples' confusion and their failure to understand all that Christ taught them. And I, I have to put myself there at times. I wonder if you might put yourself here in chapter 16 at times. Could you imagine being with Christ and being confused about some of the things that he was telling you if you were with him or even... Even today, I think it's, this is us, isn't it? When we read the Word, we don't always grasp what we read, do we? Uh, you're not alone if you find you don't always quickly grasp the teachings of Scripture. The disciples were there, and they had Christ in their presence. We arrive at the closing verses of chapter 16 today, and with these verses we find encouraging promises from Christ given to His disciples and given to all who believe in Him and we have a precious promises here, some precious promises here that help us. If, if you're ever confused by what you find in the Scriptures or if you understand why the disciples might be confused, there's some encouraging promises here that I want to show you today that ought to help you and strengthen you in your walk with Christ. Follow along as I read verses 25 through 33 when Jesus says in verse 25, I have said these things to you, in figures of speech. The, hours, the hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. And in that day, you will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. For the Father himself loves you, because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. And verse 29 says, His disciples said, Ah, now you are speaking plainly, and not using figures of speech. Now we know that you know all things, and do not need anyone to, to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. And Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come when you will be scattered, each to his own home, and will leave me alone. Yet I am not alone, for the Father is with me. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Now, up to this point, with Jesus, the disciples had not fully grasped all that he had taught them, to say the least. We see it again and again as we study here in John's Gospel, right? And we can see why they had not understand him in verse 25. When Jesus tells them that the reason for this misunderstanding or this lack of understanding was that he'd been using figures of speech. But why would Jesus 
not speak plainly with them. Why would he choose to use figures of speech? Why these figures of speech that they would not quickly grasp and understand and, and put into practice immediately? Well, we see the reason, I think, also in verse 25, and the first promise given here to encourage them, and the first promise given here to encourage us, and he's about to be taken from them, and they would need these encouraging promises even more so later than they did when he was with them. And we still need these promises today. Here's the first in our passage, this first promise, this first encouraging word from Christ here in these closing verses of chapter 16. And here's this promise that I see in the text, and then I'll explain why I see that. It's this, Jesus promises understanding and the revealing of truth to those who believe in him. He promises understanding and revealing of truth to those who trust in him. So yes, Jesus says to the disciples, you had a hard time understanding my teaching because, because I've been using figures of speech. But the reason for this is that, that when you fully understand, you're going to find greater encouragement than if you had understood them now. I mean, because I'm here with you. And if you had understood everything that I'm saying now, you would not have found that anywhere near as encouraging as you will find it when you later fully understand. When you most need understanding, and when you most need encouragement, because you're going to face tribulation in this world, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to help you understand. See, Jesus is so gracious here. <laughs> He uses figures of speech. He does tell them things that they need to know, but he tells them in such a way that they will not fully grasp yet. There will be days when in the midst of trials and tribulations, when these things will come back to mind. Wait, that's what Jesus meant. This is what he said, and here it is, and, and how encouraging we, we find this. And you will more fully understand when I speak to you more plainly, Jesus says to them, when I speak to you more plainly. But think of that. When will he speak to them more plainly? Uh, isn't he leaving them? Isn't he going to be just in, in a short while be taken from there? And they would not be taught by him? They would lose the presence of Christ. They would not be there. They would not be there with him that they could ask him questions whenever they had questions and for help with difficulties whenever they had difficulties. When will he speak to them more plainly? Isn't he going to be taken from them and crucified very shortly? Yes, he is. But haven't we also heard in chapter 16 that he's going to send a helper, right? Jesus is going to send a helper. We've heard this teaching repeatedly here in chapter 16, especially. He's sending the helper. He's sending the Holy Spirit. And we heard specifically that the helper, and we see it here, the spirit of truth here in chapter 16 will, will do something. The spirit of truth will guide them into all the truth. Back in verse 13, look at it with me. Go back to verse 13 where it says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you into all the truth. For He will not speak on His own authority, but whatever He hears, He will speak, and He will declare to you the things that are to come. So this is why Jesus says in verse 25, The hour is coming when I will no longer speak to you in figures of speech, but will tell you plainly about the Father. And this is, this is the promise 
that they would have a fuller understanding. This is the promise that they would have truth revealed to them, truth that they'd already been given but hadn't been fully revealed to their understanding because He would bring understanding to their minds by the revealing work of the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And the Spirit of truth would not teach them something new and unheard of. This is very important to think about this. Jesus spoke to the disciples and He taught them. But the things that would be revealed to them would, would not be something that they had never heard before. They would be things that they had heard and not understood. It's the same for us today when, when we read God's Word and we say, this is God's revealed Word. It's complete. This is His complete revelation for us. And it is. But yet we, re we read the Word at times and I'm not quite sure I get that. I'm not quite sure I understand that. But I would encourage you when that happens to keep reading. Keep reading. Don't stop. Keep reading. The best commentary for the Bible is the Bible. The best way to understand God's Word is to keep reading God's Word. Why? Because of what we see here in the text today. As you put God's Word into your heart and into your life, as you take the Word and put it into your life, into your heart, into your mind, and you seek out the truth of God's Word, and you desire to know the truth, when you need to understand, God brings light. The Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, gives light, gives understanding. That, in fact, is still the work of the Holy Spirit today, and we ought to praise God for that, that any of us who can pick up God's Word and read can read with understanding a special understanding, a spiritual understanding. If you're a child of God, you have the Holy Spirit revealing truth to you. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. And this is a promise of fuller understanding of God's revealed truth, not only for the disciples then, but also for Jesus' disciples now. Do you struggle to understand God's Word at times? Don't lose heart. It may be that God's not ready to reveal that to you yet. Keep reading. Keep studying the Word. Keep reading all of Scripture as you read the Bible. You will find the Bible helps you understand the Bible. God's Word helps you understand God's Word. And it's because the Holy Spirit is doing His work of revealing truth and opening the eyes of your heart and mind to see and understand as He declares His truth to you. Not declaring something new, not declaring something we don't find here, but declaring something we found here but maybe didn't understand the first time we found it. And it's even more clear that this is what Jesus means, that he's speaking of the work of the Holy Spirit here when he says in verse 26, look at verse 26 again, when he says, in that day you will ask in my name. And he's not talking about being in his presence, is he? You will ask in my name. And I do not say to you that I will ask the Father on your behalf. In other words, you'll, you'll ask the Father. You'll be talking to the Father in my name. You'll be praying. And so it is just as we noted last week when in verses 24 and 25, Jesus said that after he was gone, they would be praying to God the Father through Christ in his name, which, again, I think it's necessary we remind ourselves what does it mean to pray in, in, in the name of Jesus. It means to properly pray in Jesus' name means to pray according to God's will. And again, we need to know God's word to pray according to God's will, don't we? But as we pray in Jesus' name, 
And because only prayers offered according to God's will and for his glory can be prayed in Jesus' name, Jesus told them in verse 24, when they prayed this way, God would do what? God would answer, right? God would answer their prayers. They would ask and they would receive. Why? Because they pray according to God's will, according to God's word, in Jesus' name. And why is it they would receive? Well, we find here because they, because they know God. And how is it they know God? Because they know Christ. They know God through the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, the world around us without Christ thinks they know God. And you'll hear people say, well, I believe there's a God. I mean, look around. There has to be a God. I mean, common sense tells me that. Do they know God? They, I would say they know of God, right? But they don't, they don't have the same understanding of revealed truth. They don't have this promise of answered prayer in, in the name of Christ. Why? Because they don't know God. Why? Because they don't know Christ. They don't believe. They might believe that there is a God. But without Christ, there's no true faith because they don't really know God. And there are those without Christ who think they know God because they can see around them what he has done. And yes, we can see what God has done. But the truth is, that if you don't know and believe in the one whom he sent to be the sacrifice for your sins, then you don't really know him. But if you do know him, you have this promise, which we hear Jesus giving the disciples as he says, I will make plain to you the truth. There was, there's going to be a day when I speak plainly to you. How's he going to do it? He's going to do it through the work of the Holy Spirit as he brings back to their understanding to help them understand the things that he has already told them when they need it most. The helper, the Holy Spirit, is going to bring this understanding and it will be for all who believe in Jesus Christ for all who believe in the Son of God. And this is true because those who believe in the Son, those who love the Son, have a loving Heavenly Father. As Jesus says, let me realize this, you have a loving Heavenly Father who wants you to know and understand His truth. As Jesus says, verses 27 and 28, for the Father Himself loves you because you have loved me and have believed that I came from God. So we say, if you don't know the Son, you don't know the Father, right? But if you know the Son, you're loved by the Father. Verse 28, I came from the Father and have come into the world. And, and there's a purpose. And they're going to see that purpose fulfilled shortly as He is crucified. I came from the Father and have come into the world, and now I am leaving the world and going to the Father. I'm leaving. I'm departing. I'm not always going to be with you, but I will speak truth to you. I will speak it more plainly, and you will understand the things I have told you. And you have a loving friend, a loving Father in God the Father. And that's made no clearer than in Jesus Christ. I mean, think of it. How does God express His love to us in the clearest terms possible? He sends His Son, Jesus Christ, because He sent the Son, and the Son would fulfill His work and would return to the Father. And so all who know Christ know God, and those who do, though on your own you may not fully comprehend all the teaching of God, you can rest assured, if you believe in the Son, you know the Father. And the Father loves you. And because the Father loves you, He wants you to know His truth. He wants you to understand and comprehend and and apply His truth to your life. 
You can rest assured that if you seek God's truth, if you read God's Word, He will bring understanding, especially when you need it most. And this is why I encourage you and I challenge you to faithfully read God's Word. This is why I suggest that faithfully reading God's Word, and I would suggest daily reading God's Word, is so important for every believer. We ought not be discouraged that we don't grasp it all when we read it. Read it anyway. Keep reading it anyway. Don't be discouraged. Don't stop. Don't slow down. And rest in the promise of a fuller understanding when you need it most. Because God is gracious and loving. He loves you. He's your Heavenly Father. He doesn't want you to be left without hope and left in the dark spiritually. He gives spiritual light. It's the reason He sent Jesus Christ. And when you need it most, just as Jesus promised the disciples, Jesus is preparing for His crucifixion. He's telling them, I'm I'm not going to be here, but there's going to be a time when I speak to you more plainly and clearly. It's going to be the work of the Holy Spirit. It's the same Holy Spirit you have if you're God's child. And now Jesus gives another promise. There's the promise of God's blessing on those even of small faith. And what an encouragement that ought to be to all of us. Note how the disciples quickly indicate they finally and fully understand in verses 29 and 30. In verses 29 and 30 it says, His disciples said, Ah! Now, now you are speaking plainly and not using figurative speech. Now we know that you know all things and do not need anyone to question you. This is why we believe that you came from God. Well, they're right. (laughs) But it's almost, it's just a little bit of humor here to think that after all their questioning and after all their questioning of Christ and after all of his explaining, that now, after this one thing he tells them, now they think, They have a full and complete understanding. And I think Jesus sees the humor here in their kind of naive statement because he answers them in verse 31. His answer is kind of interesting. It's kind of funny. Oh, oh, now you believe. (laughs) Oh, now you understand. Do you now believe, he says in verse 31. So, oh, so now you understand and now you believe. Interesting. But don't be too hard on the disciples. That's us. (laughs) You see, Jesus knows better than to think that they have a full and complete understanding. And so he issues this warning to them. Look at verse 32. Behold, I mean, really, if you think you fully understand, there's going to be a time when you find out you don't. Behold, the hour is coming. Indeed, it has come. When you will be scattered, it will happen very shortly. Each to his own home, and you'll leave me alone. You leave me all by myself, you'll think you've left me all alone, but I'm not alone, for the Father's with me. Don't feel too bad for me, I've got the Father. But I feel bad for you, because you think you understand, and you think you've reached full faith, and you think your faith is mature, but your faith isn't quite where it needs to be, because there's going to come a time, very shortly, when you will head to the four winds, and you will you will scatter, because you're afraid of what's happening to me, Now, it's not as if they had no faith. So don't think that the disciples had no faith whatsoever. And and this is why I say this is an encouraging thing. When we see this here, what Jesus says to them is such an encouraging thing and encourages my heart. It's not as if they had no faith 
And Jesus doesn't suggest that. It's not as if they didn't believe at all and had no understanding at all. They had some understanding and they had some faith. They believed. But what Jesus is saying here is that they need to be just a little bit more cautious before they go off suggesting that they have full understanding and full faith and and a strong faith. Why? Because very shortly, their faith is going to be tried and their understanding is going to be tried and it will be greatly challenged and they will fail the test. They're going to fail miserably as they run for fear. But even though they've confidently kind of, you know, like boldly overstepped their bounds and saying, oh, now we get it. Now we understand. Now we know who you are and we believe who you are. Even though they've kind of confidently over, overstepped as they declare their, their full understanding and full faith, and even though Jesus knows they, they're going to show their weakness of faith as soon as the serious trial comes, he doesn't leave them without hope. He doesn't scold them. God, God blesses even those who have small faith. There's a blessing for you from God, even if your faith is small, even if it's weak. Look at verse 33. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus says here, you can have hope, and you can have confidence that you will have understanding and you will understand more fully the things which I have taught you when you need to understand them. You don't have full understanding yet. You, you, you may think you do, but you are nowhere near having a full and complete understanding that you need because, because you're going to prove that in just a, a moment. When I'm taken, you're going you're to run. But I'm warning you, there's trouble in this world for all who follow me, and you will have trouble. But I tell you this, so that that when it comes, you won't, you won't lose heart. When you need it most, I'm going to bring back to your memory. I'm going to bring back to your thinking, your mind, and your heart, the truths which I've already told you. They're going to make sense then. And I will encourage you and I will strengthen you. I've said all of this, says Jesus, so as you trust in me, you'll have peace. Jesus gives peace to those who trust in him and rest in him and have faith in him and have confidence that it's finished because of Jesus Christ. I've said all these things to give you hope, says Jesus, because for a little while the world's going to be rejoicing, celebrating that they think, they think they've done away with me. But don't ever forget, I have overcome the world. So rest assured and don't lose hope. What a precious promise for all who believe. What a precious truth today to be encouraged with, to to be emboldened with, to have confidence in our walk with Christ. Yes, the disciples had faith, but it was weak. There would be a time when their faith was strong. But right now, they're struggling. Maybe you can identify with that. I know I can how often I'm so frustrated that my faith isn't stronger when I face trials. Can you identify with that? When you face trials and difficulties and tribulations, why isn't my faith stronger? Why am I not stronger? But what a precious promise is yours and mine when we understand that God is gracious and God is merciful 
to even those whose faith isn't as mature as it should be. Look at his grace and mercy on the disciples as he prepared them and equipped them and kept telling them and, and kind of carrying them along. But Jesus promises peace to those who believe in him. Even those who don't know themselves as well as they think they do. Even those who are weak at times. And Jesus promises victory to all who are his because he has overcome the world. It doesn't depend upon our faithfulness. It depends on his once and for all and final faithfulness as he suffered at Calvary for us. Jesus promises wisdom and, and Jesus promises understanding to all who seek his truth. So seek his truth. Don't be discouraged when you don't fully comprehend it. Keep seeking the truth of God's Word. Read the Word. Yes, study and even dig deep into the truths of God's Word as you find encouragement to do so. But if you're discouraged with understand, with lack of understanding, don't stop. Keep reading. And we all need the wisdom that God provides. Jesus promises wisdom and understanding to all who seek His truth. And we desperately need it because we still live in this fallen world, don't we? We still leave here and live the week between Sundays, don't we? This is the easiest part of our week, I think, in many ways. When we gather, we're refreshed and encouraged by the word of truth, and we rejoice and worship with our brothers and sisters in Christ. What better place to be? This side of heaven? I don't think there is one. But you have to leave. Because that's what God wants you to do. He wants you to leave this place this morning and He wants you to go out into the week ahead and He wants you to witness for Christ with your life, with your conduct, with your language, your lips, right? To speak the truth in love. To tell others of Christ. To do so with your life. To do so with your language. And you're going to need God's wisdom for that. And though you may feel like you don't have it, seek the truth. Seek the truth. Read the Word. Know God's Word. Apply His truth to your life. And when you desperately need understanding, God gives it. He is so gracious. We need this wisdom. As we still live in this world where there will be tribulation for all who faithfully follow Christ. But these promises are for you and they're for me today. And we ought to rejoice in them. And we ought to be encouraged and strengthened in our walk with Christ because of these truths. This unfailing promise we all need to hear from Jesus today. I have said these things to you that in me you may have peace.